This is Camp Hacker. Come find our show notes and our blog for camp directors and leaders at camphacker.tv. Good day and welcome to our podcast. This is Camp Hacker, episode 106, recorded on the 14th of February, 2018. On today's show, proven summer camp marketing methods. If you would like easy, automatic, free updates of our podcast, you can subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or most other places you get your favorite podcasts. This week's Camp Hacker podcast is sponsored in part by camp pros like you who support the show on Patreon. If you've got even one good idea from the Camp Hacker podcast, you could show your support for the show for as little as $1 per episode. That's right, even $1 a month plays a part in the production of every Camp Hacker podcast and helps us reach camp pros all around the world. For chipping in, you'll get some great rewards too, just like a Kickstarter campaign. Please go to patreon.com forward slash camphacker. This month, we want to give a special shout out to these new patrons who've helped cover the cost of producing this Camp Hacker episode. Teresa McDonald-Lee and Angie Atkinson, thanks for letting your awesome out, Camp Mavericks. We hope you enjoy the Camp Hacker show. Hello, Camp Pros, and welcome to the Camp Hacker podcast. My name is Travis Allison. I'm a summer camp marketing and strategy consultant, and I also run the Summer Camp Professionals group on Facebook, and I'm pleased to welcome you to this episode of the Camp Hacker podcast. And my name is Gabrielle Rail. I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Oro. Uh, camp Oro is an all-girls camp situated in the Laurentian Mountains, and we focus on creating a positive girl community while doing that in French and English. My name is Joe Richards. I'm the executive director at Pierce Williams Christian Center, which is a United Church of Canada summer camp and retreat facility. We're located in Fingal, Ontario, about halfway between Detroit and Toronto. And my name is Mark Cooper. I'm uh, the camp director at Camp Tamarack, located in Bracebridge, Ontario, and we welcome about uh, 500 kids from all over the world every summer. Awesome. Welcome back, Mark. It's good to have you here again. Thank you. And uh, I should also say Mark is the newest contributor to Go Camp Pro. He's been putting up some articles that we're releasing this week and uh, every month going forward. So we're looking forward to that, Mark. We're grateful. Yeah, thank you. So today, uh, since it is the time of the year when we're recording this in February 2018, and it is the time of the year when some camps start to get really sweaty about their camper numbers. And so we thought we'd take the expertise probably with this group, about 100 years of camp experience between us, and uh, just share some of the things that we think are really working well and uh, for getting kids, kids in. It's either stuff we've tried and tried and tested over the years or things we're working on now that are really bringing out um, more kids through interesting ways. So I want to start out with uh, a couple of foundational ideas. So I would call them first principles in camp marketing. And first of all, I think it's really important that you understand that with all of the stresses of what goes into getting camp running, uh, it's important that we prioritize our time and marketing can fall by the wayside uh, when there are other pressing things I got to get staff on, et cetera. But I would say my first principle is that the money moves the mission. And I have said that before on this show, I will repeat it again, is that getting kids into camp pays for all of the rest of it. And I think it should be your first priority. We have to shift those priorities at different times of the year, but getting kids to camp makes everything else, having the money that comes from those kids makes us able to make better budget decisions, better hiring decisions, just feel more comfortable as we go into the year. So I'd say if one first principle is money moves the mission, 
Um, and the other is to go for the easy wins first, which means I believe you should lock in last year's campers first and make sure you know that they're coming back. You've got them paying. It's all looked after before you go chasing after some kid off an internet ad or a Google ad that's just looking for summer camp somewhere. You should be locking in last year's kids because they're a lot easier to do. And that allows you to establish some momentum and set the tone for the year. So those two first principles, I think, would be how I'd start us off. But I'd like to open it up to the rest of you and um, think about some of the things that have worked best. Not necessarily your newest stuff. I'd like to go to that towards the end. But what are the things that have worked best for you in the past uh, to get campers to camp? Um, <laughs> Gab, you've got good head, good head nodding going on. What, uh, what's been some of the best successes for Woro? Uh, definitely what you're saying is you're trying to get um, those returning campers back. And one of the first things that we do if we see that people haven't registered is make those phone calls. And I think, I think um, it's just, it, that just has to be part of your marketing plan. Um, a lot of the times families are just overwhelmed with uh, the daily life and grind of, um, you know, of their, you know, ongoing schedules. And uh, if you're trying, we are, are, um, you know, priority registration used to be in January. Uh, no, actually it was in February. And we have over the years have been able to bring it back to December 1st. Um, so we do have two different cultures. We have a French Canadian culture and English primarily Canadian culture. In English Canadians tend to register earlier. French Canadians tend to register later. In their minds are like, why would I register for camp unless it's March? Um, but we wanted to sort of, we wanted to make uh, camp the priority. And so just making those phone calls at the very beginning, um, that's just one of, I think it's, it's essential to do. And then if they don't want to come back because of, of the product, then we have something, we have an opportunity to make those shifts or even talk to those families and say, we'd like the opportunity to make that shift. Uh, how can we work with you to get, get your family back on board? I am constantly stunned at the camp directors who say to me, oh yeah, I won't call families. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's stunning to me. Same, uh, same, same. Yeah. And what do they say to you, Gab, when you say, well, why won't you call your families? Uh, a lot of the times, <laughs> a lot of the times there's a lot of reasons. And then it just comes down to, usually it's like, I don't have time, which is, I find funny because you, you need, you need campers to keep, keep running. So, right. uh, they're the so it's a, I get it, but I, usually it comes down to, they don't want to hear. Uh, what, mm. what the parents have to say. They're nervous about maybe some of the things that happened over the summer. Um, and they're, and it's just, it's more avoidance uh, over anything. And I think that I totally understand that I'm an avoidant by nature person, but <laughs> over, over the years, it's, it's so much better to, to, to pick up the phone call. What I've, uh, pick up the phone. What I've actually noticed is that usually it's not parents that are upset or frustrated. It's more because they're distracted and then the ones that yes. are upset or frustrated it's they're very genuinely happy that you contacted them and uh, usually i have a positive uh, conversation with that that family um if anything even if they don't come back they can say that this organization reached out and they took us seriously and yep. um that that also is obviously a marketing need yeah and I think if you are, you're nervous about calling particular families or calling losters families, that's the sort of stuff, if you have problem areas, like I knew this cabin group was bad and a couple of these kids had a bad, and I haven't you know, had a bad summer and I haven't seen them re-register, you got to get that out of the way in September. You can't wait till mm -hmm. February to, or in Morrow's case in December 
and start making those calls then you get the tough ones out of the way so that these are just follow-ups like we're looking forward to having you back at camp it's less worrisome for you yes it's hard to be on the phone with an upset parent but that's part of our job um but yeah just get on the phone man i don't understand it makes such a huge difference i've had fam um camps who you know get 10 or 15 registrations just from a week's worth of phone calls directly let alone the normal rate of ones it just it always makes a difference every time camps call they get a bump in registration and the other thing is that what's what i find it avoids problems in the future because for if your camp is is doing well in registration and you those 15 families did not register in time for the priority registration and now you're putting in new families into these spots they contact you and then all of a sudden uh, their child doesn't have a spot at camp at the time that they wanted wanted their kid to go to camp and that's that is just that's another problem that you've just created um, it's a dissatisfied customer and it's and and I mean parents are heartbroken because they do not want to tell their kid they right. messed up they didn't right. contact so you're you are avoiding uh, that flip side that you need to deal with because they're gonna push for you to make that those spots and uh, that, that becomes a little tricky as well yep yeah. mm -hmm. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, it, Travis, it's also with, with the phone calls. When we do the phone calls, if it's, it's also an opportunity to find out, like, you know, after the summer, after kind of like the dust has settled, you find out some really interesting stuff about, you know, if, if a camper is not coming back, I, I also want to know why aren't they coming back? What did we do wrong before I start like my hiring process? Like you find out some really interesting stuff that you think you knew about and, once, once you know, September rolls around, October, the kids are back in routine, other stories start coming up. So when we make those phone calls, well, you know, uh, if you're not coming back to camp, why? And, and was there something that we did or was there an issue with the staff? And we actually take extra notes and that, and it kind of reflects its good conversation pieces when we're meeting with some of our staff also, right? Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. So, Mark, is there there's stuff that you'd recommend or stuff that you're surprised that other camp directors aren't doing? That's probably a better question. Um, yeah, you know, a big thing that, well, I, I think something that has worked for us, which when I hear other, some other people, they, they just, it's just easy kind of stuff. Like the phone calls are just easy. It's, it's human nature. We don't want to, it's like that fear of rejection. We don't want to hear no. bad things. We only want to hear the positive. Um, I think that we do is, you know, around now is we'll do like, you know, the, the classic email campaigns, but with a big referral bonus, right? A referral bonus of, of just, you know, word of mouth to me is still the king of the game. Like we do the Google ads, we do the Facebook stuff, but it's, you know, if I, if I have someone come in and experience camp and they have a great time and they can tell a friend. So the past couple of years we've done, um, little incentives, whether it's, you know, refer a friend and your, your kid can get a tuck credit or you get a, depends on the session they also register for. Yep. Um, and, you know, you know, some people will say, oh, well, we're just giving away money, but it's, it shows that we're appreciating our, our people. And then, uh, then I also say the flip side is would I give, you know, our camp, you know, for, you know, would I give, uh, you know, a hundred dollar discount or $50 discount to get a camper? Yeah, I would do that over and over, a hundred times over. Like if it cost me a hundred dollars to get a thousand dollar kid for just someone else being kind of our agents. And I think that's the key is, and I put it also to my staff. Like I, we, we just had a camper who's coming back this year who 
met some of our staff last year that were working at, at uh, Banff Ski Resort. And she said, we would have never have known about Tamarack if Emily didn't tell us about Tamarack, about, about yeah. camp. And I was like, wow. So, so I even put it out to my staff. Hey, if you have a, a family friend and they refer, you refer them, you'll get, and your, your staff, it just gets them, they're the, these ambassadors to talk about. You have this army of, of people to take advantage of. And we intentionally will send out an email to our staff saying, hey, not just finding us other great staff, but you have cousins, you have neighbors, you have friends, and they know that you go to camp. So talk and, and here you'll get a, a Tamarack hoodie and they want to talk about it anyways. And, you know, so those are some of the, those quick email blasts um, to, to say, hey, refer a friend and, and you would get a, whether it's a, a cash credit towards a camper spot or Tamarack swag for your kids. People don't it's not always about the money. They, you know, they're happy if their kid gets a Tamarack water bottle or something also. Right. Yeah. You know, I would encourage camps uh, to be creative with what those thank yous are or the incentives are. They can make it, don't make it, you know, the leftover tech shop items, leftover water bottles from two years ago, do something special for them. that says, you know, 2017 um, referral agent or, um, mm -hmm. you know, make up a funny logo with special agent thing, referral agent logo, mm -hmm. something that's just really special that they can't, you can't just buy, that their friends can't buy when they get to camp. Um, make it something really good and crazy. Mm -hmm. I like yeah. that. Thanks, Mark. Uh, Joe, how about for you? What are you, what are the things you're surprised that other camp, camps aren't doing to get kids in? I'm surprised, and some of this is that you have to do before now. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that people don't do simple things like send birthday cards to campers that staff have signed or send a holiday card to the campers. Uh, just those, those touch points that we have in marketing go a long way. Um, what we started to do this fall, and we did it a bit late, but um, in September and October, the goal for us is to call first-time campers who came as well, mm -hmm. um, just yep. just to talk to the parents about what was the experience. You know, how can we do better? I love. Um, we would call all the campers. We, I'm, I'm like everybody else, right? Like phone calls are easy to do, but it's just booking the time in to do them. Um, you know, so th those touch points of of birthday cards and. Um, are, are huge for parents who who then say like you would not believe the smile on my kid's face when they open this card and like 25 yes. staff had signed it yeah. and it is there's not a lot more you can to reach a kid who believes that you all signed it last week as opposed to five months ago yeah. <laughs> when you were at camp yeah. um so i think those are i think those are um a couple of the points that i would encourage other camps to to start and and the beginning of the beginning of those things our christmas card includes their cabin photo mm. not a digital copy of a printed old school photo that you can pull out of the card um you know a little four by six photo and put somewhere um and and we we tried one year maybe five years ago to do it digitally put digital photos on the cards um and we got complaints from from campers uh, and camper parents because the, the photo they wanted to keep the photo, not the Christmas card. Um, so those are a couple of things that I think are are really valuable um, in, in those touch points. If if you're starting now, I think phone calls now 
um, are hugely important to the workers who haven't signed up, but also, um, you know, even phone calls to parents who have signed their kids up and, and just get, because the refer, the referral program is not something we've done at Pierce Williams and we've talked about it recently. It's a difference between a thousand dollar camper and a $300 camper, right? There's what is your referral bonus? And, and saying a hundred dollars off camp, you're like, uh, no, like that doesn't, that doesn't work. And the balance Travis of saying that campers generate the income is only true if you're not subsidizing every camper who comes to camp. So there are church camps out there who subsidize every camper through other means. Mm -hmm. And so in the end, when you do the math, more campers doesn't always equal more, more income that, that out, that outstrips the expenses you're going to put forward. So um, it's a bit of a balance on, on that end for, for camps who run at a, a lower cost per week and subsidize that through donations or churches or, or whatnot. So um, yeah, I think those are the big ones that we do and we do well. Um, and those are just part of our culture now. Uh, so I don't, we don't think about them. Right. We just do them. So my challenge is not to persuade them, but to other camps who are of the same thing. First of all, I, let me say this. I think you need to be creative. Again, you need to be creative with what the thank yous are. I don't think it has to be money. Um, And sometimes as Mark said, sometimes those people are like, I'm not doing this for the money. I'm doing this because my kid had a life-changing experience. And I think more kids should have that. Mm -hmm. And those people may be bothered by the fact that you're offering them money. It's like, you know, you just did the best thing in the world for me. And now and I'm saying thank you. And you're paying me money to say thank you. I, I don't well, want to overread into that. But that's, I think you need to be creative and sensitive I, to your community. Like whatever And I think the reality best. is you don't need to do something that's dated, but you could have like a secret agent for Pierce Williams hat. Um, we this year have discovered yeah. that you can order things from China really cheap and they actually come. And so like to get an order of 300 secret agent hats and just give them out to people who refer a friend, um, that's really easy. And at $3 a hat, they'll never know it was only three bucks. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about the, the, the price tag. It's about just that feeling of of, being, being appreciated appreciated and feeling special. Right. And that's what it is. It's, it's even some, a lot of times people will say like, I don't want it. We're just, it's, we're happy. And 99, most of the people are just, they're super just happy. We, we're going to refer anyways, right? Yeah. We're just going to refer our, our, a couple of years ago, we had our referral rate and then we, we, we trimmed it down a, a lot because it wasn't about the, the money. It, it really wasn't. It was more, people were, they're happy to, if they have a good experience, they're going to refer anyway. So they were, they're happy you know, to do that. Right. I think, I think handwritten thank you card on a personal video is such a it's such a great way to do that. You, it's so you introduced me to to that new Bonjo. Uh, yeah, and it's 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 a, absolutely it has made a ridiculous difference when I'm dealing with some of our our rental group business. I you know I I pulled that out and they were like that was the coolest thing. Yeah, yeah. Cap? I was just uh, I was just going to say that I think that also um, if you can give your alumni sort of like a VIP um pass so one of the things that that we do is if you were a staff member so you do have to be a staff member if you're a past staff member at waro um you get a, a vip pass meaning that you can refer a camper and that family gets the discount the the, mm. the alumni doesn't get any anything except for obviously a thank you card but yeah. that family and it sort of is like hey i know somebody from the inside i can get you a little discount i love it, it. 
Yeah. And then that way your, your alumni are still talking about camp. Um, and, and, and if they have kids, then they can give themselves that discount for the first year of that child and they can give themselves <laughs> discount the next year for their second child. Um, but it really allows them to, to have that conversation. Like I can get your kid in for a little bit less because I know, yes. I know these guys. There's so much psychological value in that. You're showing your alumni that you value them. When an alumni can say to someone else, your kid should really go to my camp. Here, why don't you use my code? Um, and you know, then the camp knows who did it. Oh, such a great idea. Really awesome. And our alumni have now, you know, now it's starting to pick up. And so yeah. that's very, very helpful. And they want to know what's going on at camp, what's new at camp, what's stayed the same. That's very important. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but it gives them the tools and, and, we used to send out packages where they could, you know, share that information, but, uh, you know, making sure your online game is good. Yeah. Um, then it just allows them to do that from their phone or, or, you know, computer. Right. But yeah, what a great idea. Um, okay. So one other thing I was going to say, this is, it goes back to something else. Um, that I think that what you can invest in this again, personal touches are the best, but what you can afford to invest in, um, of sort of some sort of referral thing for a new camper, maybe more than you think it is. So, you know, the, it's sort of a question of understanding what the lifetime value is. I call it the, the camper lifetime value of a kid is. So for a mark, if it's a thousand dollars on average for a kid and that kid's comes for an, av an average of seven years, then what are you willing to pay to make $7,000? So if you at um, at a smaller only has week long sessions, it's less expensive. If you are you willing to pay a hundred dollars to make nine hundred dollars, um, because you know that, that that you're not actually calculating how long that kid is there for one year. You're calculating the whole lifetime of yeah. them, and that gives you a whole different number. It's a different budget when you start to look yeah. at this. Like on average, our kids stay for five, six, seven years. We don't know what that is. We'll have to figure it out. And um, and then we, you know, we can multiply that by a week at whatever a session is, not a week, but a session at camp. And then we know what the lifetime value is. So you might be willing to invest more into marketing and your whole marketing budget in general, um, but into specific rewards. If you know that, you know, I'm willing to spend 10% of a, a rate of a, an average to keep, to acquire that much income. And we did that, Travis. That's that's exactly the kind of the model we did. And we also looked at it not just the one camper, but the sibling effect, right? So yeah. that one camper, you know, that first time camper, and then we get the sibling, and and we don't have to like the cost to to market to that sibling if we've already marketed that family. It now it's just trickle down effect, right? So you know, and then that, that's exactly kind of how we how we did it. Yeah. yeah, the cu customer lifetime value of one kid could be almost infinite. Yeah. As it just goes on to their friends, their neighbors, the, the next generations, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I, I would say my thing that I'm surprised that more camps don't do is, um, is do a big sort of a launch party for when they open registration. Um, you know, I, I talk to people all the time about this, obviously, because it's my business. But when I talk to people, it's like, you know, what happened on the first day of a registration? Oh, we sent out an email and we posted to Facebook and we got two registrations. It's like, you can't, it, uh, <clears throat> that drives me crazy. It's like that, that launch day, it should be like launching a new business. It's you're launching your whole year on this one day. You want to drive as much 
um, registration is possible on the start because it builds momentum and has more people saying, yeah, we're going to camp. Um, you start to train people away from, as Gab's talking about, moving the start of registration further and further back so you can make better business decisions. But I think that should be a six to eight week campaign. Um, we emails every week, uh, social proof stuff every week. So you're sending out um, the things that people put on surveys. You're sending out videos from staff and parents and campers and alumni talking about how campus changed them. Like it should be one of the biggest projects of your year is the opening day of registration. And so many camps are like, yeah, I posted it to Facebook. Mm-hmm. Like what an incredible lost potential um, when that thing could set up the momentum for your whole business year. And, um, you know, the payoffs are so great. When you as a camp director can say, you know, we are 40, this is the first week of registration and we're 45 campers ahead of our numbers from last year at this time. That is a great thing to say to your boss, your owner, to yourself, if you're the owner, um, it's a great position to be in. Mm-hmm. So I wish more camps did, were more intentional about that. And I think that one of the things that you're talking about is not pushing the date, but it's telling your story. So with yeah. those with yeah. those videos, it's about the great stuff that you've done and the great stuff there that you're going to be doing next year. It's about lives that are changed. It's about et cetera, et cetera. But you're telling your story yes. and you're linking uh, the start, the start of your camp experience, which is the registration, uh, registration period. So um, I think a lot of people get, sometimes confused that they don't want to just put a date out there. And it's, it's like, no, it's an opportunity to keep reminding and educating people on what, on what you do so well. And it's this aspect as well, Gab, right? That when you're telling your story, you're telling how you help, not just the campers, but to ask a question of parents in, in some of those stories, like how has camp helped you as a parent? Mm -hmm. Because this goes to that idea of story brand where we're the guide. We're not, we're not the hero of the story. We're the guide. And so if we can, and, and being a guide, we're helping parents raise amazing kids, right? We're sure we're helping the kids. I get that. But in the end, we're helping parents raise amazing kids and successful members of society. Yeah. Joe, my next question is, what is something that you have seen at a conference or having conversations with people? Like we all know that it's um, a big part of your own professional development to go and tour other camps. What's something that you've seen in someone else's marketing that you've been thrilled and excited to implement at Pierce Williams? Ooh, that's a good question. I think that when, when I think about things I'd love to do, it has to do with, um, it, it has to do with getting, the more families onto not even a referral basis, but just family selling camp, Mm -hmm. right? The idea it's not home visits per se, because like I, in the early two thousands, late nineties, early two thousands, I did a lot of home visits and I'm not sure how much that's going to sell camp for us, but it's this idea when I see marketing, great marketing, what it tends to be is honest video or honest updates. Um, that and and testimonials of parents who have been campers and have campers coming to camp. Um, I think from a camp marketing perspective, it's hard as a camp director because you don't always see the marketing stuff. When you go and tour camps, you tend to see the camp, you see the infrastructure, but you rarely go out and search for what other campers camps are doing. Um, like when I'm uh, when I'm reviewing Google AdWords, right? You see other camps' ads, um, and I'm. 
I've liked some Facebook pages for camp stuff, but we need to be really cautious about all of our business pages on Facebook because they can change everything in the, in the blink of an eye to, to take away any gains that we've made. Um, so I think it's, I think more phone calls, um, camps that do phone calls are really successful and we haven't, I've sort of let that fall by the wayside. And, but the idea that we as a camp director have to call, um, you know, a board member can call, an alumni can call, just touch base that somebody at camp cares about you as a past camper or, or as an inquiry or as a camper who didn't come to camp last year, right? So um, I think from a marketing standpoint for, for me, it's this idea that we need to be more in touch with the people we've already met um, because getting new campers is always going to be difficult. It's, I was walking around the mall last night and, or, and, and my thought as I looked at every kid was like, why don't they come to camp? Like, why don't they come to camp? What, which sounds weird, but like in, in Elgin County in Ontario, right? That's my, that's my home base. And, and I'm looking at all these kids being like, you know, like, how do I get them to come to camp? How do I get their parents to let them come to camp? Mm -hmm. um, and, and for us, part of being local and, and close to home, because there are a lot of camps that don't have the same opportunity, um, we're going to, we offer, we started last year offering free PA days. And for a few years, we've done some March break, single days, not a whole camp. We're not trying to do a three or five day camp. We're just saying, hey, great, come for the day. Um, right. And we're close enough that parents can come for the day and, and join us and um, and the campers can can see the staff and, and get those experiences. Right. Gab, is there stuff that you've seen in your travels that you've been excited to come back to Woro and implement there? Yeah, I'm loving, I'm, I'm all about right now struggle and success stories. Um, mm. I think, I think a lot of the times we show the, the end part, but not the, yeah. the process of the, the struggle success. And that, that can be from the parent's point of view, that can be from the child's point of view. Um, but if, if you can capture those, and, and, it, and it comes to, you know, uh, things like, I was nervous before I went to camp, I thought I wouldn't make any friends. And the first day I met X, Y, and Z, and um, I was still a little apprehensive, but then blah, blah, blah. And these sort of struggle success stories, I think is, there's so many of these at camp, and there's so many that happen even before camp. Uh, you know, with new families coming to your organization. So I think struggle success stories I'm very excited about. Um, I'm also very uh, into looking at patterns of uh, statistics with registration to your mm -hmm. campers and um, who's coming back year after year, where do we lose them, um, and, and looking at those patterns. One, one of the patterns that we found was that our overseas uh, campers were, they were much, when they started, their families were invested in, um, in Waro and they would make sure that they were coming back year after year, especially if they took the, a plane. If they took a plane, we had these campers. And uh, we looked at why. And, and one of the reasons that we, is our hypothesis is that uh, kids that come uh, via plane have a lot more contact with us. We talk about how right. to pack for the flight. We talk about, we send out helpful tips and hints. Um, they get a picture of who's going to be picking them up. They have a video welcome. 
And we looked at that and we said, well, of course, it's not that they're overseas or that they're coming from BC. It's that our communication and there's a lot of how to's and tips and tricks. So we're adjusting that for, for other campers, not for every camper, but for specific groups or <clears throat> campers and et cetera. So looking at statistical um, patterns, I'm, I'm kind of getting stoked about, nice. which I think my math teacher would have never in high school <laughs> guessed that I would have ever said that, but right. I'm into it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. How about for you, Mark? Is there stuff you've seen from other camps or the business world that you were, you've been really excited? It doesn't have to be recent, but the, the, one of the things that, what are the things that you've been excited to implement at Tamarack? Um, yeah, I, I, I think also with, with exactly what Gab said, just touching quickly on that was, is the stats is I, I love to look at why uh, one camper is coming from two weeks and, and how did we get that camper now to transition to four weeks? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, because we have a lot of two weeks sessions and, and how, do, how does that transfer over and, wh- and which sessions are more like, we'll have more campers, but less revenue in a certain session because more kids are coming for shorter sessions. Mm-hmm. So looking at that, but, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, I was loving some of the camps are doing these Instagram stories, um, which I just think, you know, that's such a big thing, even to keep the, this, our staff, that's where our staff, and even now I see with our younger campers, the engagement is absolutely mind boggling. And I, I, you know, I'm friends with a lot of other camps and, and just following some of their Insta stories and, you see the engagement and the, these quick little videos that it's so easy to uh, to do. It just keeps keeps it top of mind. I think that's that's what's key is that we, we think of camp. It's oh, it's just during the summer, and it, the, the camp experience has to be all year now. Um, and you know, a couple of years ago, we started at at Tamarack is a, a DVD launch party where at the end of the summer, about a month after, just before our registration deadline. Yep. Um, had a, a community event and you know it started in a small theater and now we have 300 kids um, and for our international kids in in Michigan I drove down there were like 30 kids who came to and we just found these places and you know the investment again you know it's there's it's just keeping Tamarack top of mind and keeping that community together um, so that was some stuff that I'm always watch, watching what other camps are doing some camps and we adopted it from a couple of campuses uh, a, a new parent, you're sending your kid to Tamarack for your first time, and I picked it from one of the other campuses. This fun intro day in June, you're so nervous as a new parent, bring your kids to, I bring a bunch of my staff, they take their kids to the other side of the room, they do some stuff with them, they make a name tag, and they learn part of the camp song. We go through and answer the most, like, hilarious questions and we open it up to the panel then we go through a day in the life of a camper and then those kids make a name tag so they get to meet some of the unit heads also so the parents actually it, it alleviates a lot of that nervous tension but it was just a cool marketing thing that like the parents got to see some of our staff before camp uh, and making it like camp is all year so I, our goal this year is to do something over march break or just after march break whether it's a renting of the ice at a skating rink and say, hey, bring your skates and you bring a speaker and, and if you have skates, great. If not, you just see your camp friends and, and yep. it's just great, um, a great tool. If you can make it, great. If you can't, so we'll post pictures, we'll do live feeds from it. But that camp isn't just the the summer months, right? Yep. 
Yeah, so those are some of the things that I, like I've seen, I'm very aware of some of the, there's some great camps in the States who are doing some really wicked little videos and the stories too. So cool stuff. Yep, right on. That's good. Um, do any of you have one more quick tip to wrap us up or I'll move us on to the tool of the week? Yeah, I'd, I'd be admiss to say that uh, camps, I, I really think camps should visit uh, thanks to camp.ca. Uh, whether yes. you're an American camp, a Canadian camp, or international, yeah. um, it's a free marketing tool for camps where it's, it's two parts. One is uh, gathering your own camp stories. So it's basically finishing the sentence, thanks to camp, um, and posting that on your social media sites whenever, but we do it in October. And the other one is more than just fun, which is a um, marketing campaign based in research, and that's coming out March 17th. And there's going to be a whole bunch of marketing material for camps to prove to families that camp actually does good for their kids. And right. it goes back to being uh, what Joe was saying is being that partner to the parents um, that, you know, you want your kids to, to try different foods. We do too. You want your kids to yeah. play outside. We do too. Um, and so it's all based in research, but it's a free marketing tool and uh, uh, we're hoping to, that it keeps growing. So check awesome. that out. Excellent. So that again is at thanks to camp.ca. So thank you all for some great insights and, and some good sharing. What I'm going to do now is move us on to our tool of the week. Tool of the week. If you're a recent camp hacker joiner, our tool of the week is something that each of the panelists brings to the discussion that helps them be a better camp director. And um, Mark, I'm going to start with you. I know you've got to you got to leave pretty soon, so I want to give you a chance to to share your tool of the week. Sure, I'm actually pulling it up on my on my phone. So it's called Meme Matic, and it looks like that. Yeah. M E Matic, M A T I C, and it, it's a it's a super. I, I love rather than just posting, hey, we hired so and so, and we we do these funny things on Instagram, whether it's pictures and it's. it's just a template, a super easy template that uh, when we're announcing any staff and it's, uh, you upload a picture, you can do little video stuff, super easy, mematic, um, and, and our staff love it. They love seeing what's, who's, who's being announced and then the comments and, you know, these really funny, creative little ways. So that's my tool, nice. mematic. Mematic, M-E-matic. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Mark, I'm going to, um, you're welcome to stay for next, another couple of minutes, but I'll take a minute to say goodbye officially so we don't just lose you at the end. Yes. How can people uh, follow up with you if they have any questions about the things you've said? Um, the, e the easiest is uh, Mark is email at Mark, M-A-R-C, at camptamarack.info. Um, that's, that's usually the easiest way to, to reach out to me. Great. Yeah. Thanks for being on, Mark. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Right on. Uh, Joe, what's your tool? Uh, my tool of the week is something that I use every day that I'm doing any sort of renovations at camp or around. Um, it is a non-conductive uh, electricity texture. And so the one I posted to the, to the uh, show notes is the Klein model. I have that. You can buy a, a, least, a less expensive model at, at most home stores and hardware stores. Um, but essentially what it does is when you touch a wire, it tell, like a, an electrical wire, it tells you whether the wire is live or not live. Right. And so um, I've done some wiring 
um, in my own house and, and in a couple of the buildings at camp recently. And um, I just carry it in my pocket so that I can remember and test to see if it's live or not live or just check. And I was watching a home show recently and I was surprised that like these guys were tearing out kitchen cabinets and came across a wire and they're like, Oh, stop everything. We don't know if it's live or not live. And, and they called an electrician in. Now I'm not sure if that's just a home show, but I was like, man, like a $10 piece of equipment solves the problem with paying for an electrician to come in. And um, it's just, it's super easy to use. You press a button and if it lights up red, when you touch the wire, it's live. And if it doesn't light up red, it's not live. Um, and it works in plugs as well. So you can just shove it in a plug to see if it's live or not. Live. So Excellent. it's really handy. good thing yeah. for a camp director toolkit. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Uh, Gap, what's your tool? Uh, my tool is, uh, pegboards, uh, installing pegboards in your office. I just did that with our winter office. Um, and it just makes your space can make your space look pretty darn cool. And I think, um, I think we're talking about marketing. I think it's important to also have your workspace reflect the good work that you do. So when people come into your workspace, um, they see, oh, I didn't know you guys did that. I didn't know you, you know, just sort of have represent yourself in a way that that feels good and looks good and it's inspiring. But right. pegboards, I love them. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, okay, so my tool is one that I've recently discovered. Uh, it's called ReadWise, and I think it's at ReadWise.com. ReadWise.io. ReadWise.io. And ReadWise is a free service that you can use. You tie your Amazon account to it. So if you read on Kindle, um, I suppose if you read on any Kindle app and you highlight things in a book, um, and then Readwise will pull all those things down and put them in one particular searchable place. The, the Amazon highlights, Kindle highlights page is kind of clunky, um, but this allows it to make it searchable. And it also, I think where the magic happens is things that you've highlighted or quotes that you have captured using that tool, um, they get sent to you by email in the morning. <coughs> so you might get three or four things in a morning in an email of um, ideas that you've captured that might be long lost. And I tend to, I sort of go back and forth on whether I use a Kindle or the actual physical book. And I know there's a lot of attractive things being able to write things in a physical book, but this is starting to change my mind. This makes Kindle reading for business books, personal development stuff, professional development stuff, a lot more attractive because it's going to resurface those ideas that I have. So at the moment, this is free. So readwise.io, it's a really um, cool feature that I quite like. So. And you can set your frequency, Travis, right? So yeah. I, I moved mine to once a week. Yeah. Um, and they stay at the bottom when you first sign up for Readwise to just email them. And yeah. they, they got back to me. They're based right. out of Waterloo, Ontario. They got back to me and chatted for a little while. So nice. it's, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's good. Well, there you go. All Canadian panel, Canadian uh, <laughs> tools of the week. Too. This will also work in the States, I know. Anyway, I want to uh, take a minute and just thank you all for being um, contributing to the camp community by being part of the show today. So thanks, Mark. I know you got to run. We're grateful yeah, that you're my here. My pleasure. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye, buddy. Uh, Joe, if people want to follow up with you, what's a good way for them to do that? Uh, you can follow up with me um, personally. You can follow up with me at Joe, J-O-E, at yoyojoe.com, Y-O-Y-O-J-O-E. Or you can find out what I do at camp at campisbetter.com. Life is good. 
Camp is better. Excellent. Thanks, Joe. You're welcome. I love that tagline. I thought thought it up all by myself, Gab. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Gab, uh, how can they follow up with you? Uh, People can check out where I work at waro.com, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Gabrielle Rail. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I want to thank everybody for either watching us on YouTube or listening to us. We do appreciate when you leave a comment, review, thumbs up, whatever it is when you're on YouTube that helps us decide which shows are hit. Um, if you could leave us a review, we'd be really grateful. You can go to camphacker.tv slash iTunes, and it'll take you right to our review page. And we get notified when the reviews come in, and we're always grateful. And we have been known to sometimes read our reviews out on the show. So. Um, I thank you for those who found something good for this from this show. Uh, take a couple minutes to, to go to that link, camphacker.tv slash iTunes. So thank you all, and thank you to our listeners. We look forward to hearing from you. If you have any questions, you can reach me at travis at camphacker.tv. And thank you for the evening, friends. The Camp Hacker Podcast is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.